Great to be here with you tonight, and uh, certainly if uh, you're here on the Canandaigua campus, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're online, welcome as well. We're here to celebrate Christ, and I love the fact that uh, many may not realize that Christmas literally means the celebration of Christ, and so as we gather together to do that, to keep Christmas, we're, we're celebrating the one who came to offer us life. According to recorded history, the first Christmas celebration on December 25th, I was just curious, you know, like when was the first time we started to celebrate on December 25th? was in 336 AD, and it was set up by the first Christian Roman Emperor, Constantine. And so that's how we got December 25th. But the first Christmas celebration happened on the night of Christ's birth, of course, where you had lowly shepherds that respond to the spectacular um, prompting of an angelic herald and a choir to go and worship the Christ child, born in a stable, lying in a manger. And for nearly 2,000 years, think about it as we're here tonight, for nearly 2,000 years, Christians have gathered together to celebrate the birth of Christ. I mean, I love the Christmas story. We have the young Virgin Mary. We have her faithful husband, Joseph, devoted to both Mary and the Lord. We have, of course, the shepherds and the angels and we see this scene throughout our homes and our nativity displays. They serve as a reminder of the humility of Jesus. Think about it, God's own son born in a stable and his profound gift offered to us in Christ. When I think about the manger, I'm reminded this time of year, I make a common spelling error. In fact, it's interesting, even as I wrote this in the message, I misspelled it. Oftentimes when I put down manger, I spell it manager. There's only one letter that separates the two, and unfortunately, spell check doesn't totally correct it because both manger and manager are words. And yet, when I think about it, I propose to you that the Christ child born in a manger is also the magnificent manager of life and our salvation. I mean, when you really think about it, my wife collects manger or nativity sets. She collects them, and we have over 20 of them in our house. Some of them are up, you know, even year-round because they're so special to us. But I love it at Christmas time when they all come out and we see these manger sets. And I realized that one spectacular reality that no manger scene can convey is the truth that Jesus is God incarnate. Manger sets do, do a great job of showing us the humility of Christ. But this real understanding that Jesus is God incarnate, we have to remind ourselves of that reality to keep that focus when we think about the Christ child. I think that's why I like John's Christmas account in the Gospel of John, because it's really clear who Jesus is. John 1, 1 through 5, then we'll jump down to 14. It reads this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, moving into our neighborhood, coming down to be with us. And it's John's account of the gospel that makes a few vital truths very clear to us about the word or Christ. First off, Christ as God existed in the beginning. 
That when Christ was born, that wasn't his beginning. He always has existed. John writes that Jesus was with God. In the actual wording, it literally means face-to-face with God. In his divine nature, Jesus, think about it, is indeed God. Secondly, all creation came into being through Christ. Jesus wasn't part of creation, but God's agent in his creative work. And then thirdly, Christ's life constituted light, revealing God's plan of salvation to us. Christ offered a whole new outlook on sin and righteousness, which comes to those who accept the life that he offers in him. I I, I was thinking about this, and really the most profound of miracles is found in the infinite becoming an infant. I mean, the infinite becoming an infant The good news John shares is that Christ, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Then again, John in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. A central truth of the Christmas faith, one of the main reasons we've gathered here tonight is that the divine Christ became a man and dwelt temporarily among us. I mean, think about it. The God who dwelt in the Old Testament tabernacle now came as a human being. The apostles and other witnesses have seen his glory, Paul, John writes. What does it mean they saw his glory? It means they saw his miracles performed. They saw him being lifted up on the cross. They saw him after the resurrection. Some of them were there when he ascended into heaven. The apostles and other witnesses knew that God was indeed among them. They had no doubt. They had seen him. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the baby lying in a manger, lying in a manger, was more than a cooing infant. He was a heaven-sent manager, a gift offering us an amazing exchange of sorts. We've been talking about this through the Christmas season, the exchange that we're offered in Jesus Christ. Christ offers to exchange our despair for hope, our, our worry for peace, our sorrow for joy, our detachment for love, even our death for life. Think about it. Managing a universe is one thing. Can you imagine? Managing a universe is one thing, but managing salvation for each of us is quite another. I mean, it's a remarkable truth, a remarkable truth that the baby lying in a manger did more than managing it. He gave his life to assure it. John later writes in his gospel, John 3.16, probably the most famous verse in all of scripture, the one verse that sort of summarizes the entire teaching of scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's the reason for his coming. And there's a reference to a gift given and an exchange offered in that verse. God gave the gift his very own son. That if we receive, when we exchange all our stuff, for instance, our presumptuous control of things that we really don't have control of, when we give these things to him and exchange it in believing in him as Lord and Savior, it says we have life. Think about it. Long ago, away in a manger, when angels flooded to shepherd fields, was born more than a mere baby. I had the opportunity several years ago now to actually be in those shepherd's fields. 
And, and as I was there, night began to fall, and you could see the lights of Jerusalem in the distance, and behind me were the lights of Bethlehem. And I couldn't help but think about the Christmas account that's been read to us earlier in the service from Luke, where the angel appears, Luke 2, 10 through 12. And he says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then, of course, there's this angelic choir. And as I'll stand there, I thought, number one, how amazing would it have been to see it? And by the way, how freaky, too. Remember when the angel appears, he says, do not be afraid? Which, by the way, is what every angel says when they pop out of nowhere, right? Do not be afraid. But the angelic choir, Luke 2, 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That the Lord has come brings greater joy than any news, the angel says, than any news anyone could ever proclaim, could ever receive. This baby, God incarnate, brought the glory of God and genuine peace, not temporary, but, but true inner peace and, and the promise of eternal peace when we spend eternity with him in paradise. See, Jesus knew from the very beginning that there would be more than a birthday to commemorate, that there, he knew that there'd be a resurrection day as well. I read this and I thought this was just a, a, a poetic way of looking at it. You see, Christmas without Easter is romance without a kiss. Joy without reason, extravagance without purpose. Think about that. Romance without a kiss, joy without reason, extravagance without purpose, Christmas without Easter. God came in Christ to manage our deliverance, to offer an exchange from death to life and reconcile the world unto himself. Between the, the crib and the cross, Jesus preached the crowds. He, he healed the sick. He brought the dead to life. He, he fed the hungry and encouraged those who were downcast. And then Jesus died for us. The baby of Christmas, full grown, died for us on the cross. I was thinking about this. Just as we thrill to a surprise gift under the Christmas tree, so Jesus gave us a surprise gift greater than the memory of his torturous death. Jesus mastered the grave and invites us to do so as well. So here's the simple truth. For us to make the gift exchange of our death for life in Christ, it takes more than just a manager. It takes a truly divine manager, a savior, a Lord. For God so loved the world, for God so loved me, for God so loved you, that he gave, that he came, he moved into our neighborhood with the purpose of offering us life. When we accept God's offer of a gift exchange with him, he becomes our savior and Lord. And the divine manager, the Lord, he, he doesn't share that seat with us. So we try to take control, even as believers, things don't go well, you know? How's that ever worked for you? It's never worked well for me. He leads and we follow. Thus, allowing the one who overcame death to offer us this, this great victory, great victory over despair, great victory over worry, great victory over sorrow and detachment 
and filling us with his hope, peace, love, and abundant life. The divine manager's leading in our lives, so it isn't like a puppeteer sort of pulling our strings, but as one addressing intelligent souls who, who listen and obey. The angelic herald proclaimed that the Christ child was lying in a manger, and the Greek word used there is refers both to the stall and as well as a manger from which the cattle were fed. The setting of Christ's birth was not as stable like many of us probably have pictured. It probably was a cave. If you go to the shepherd's fields, you'll see there's caves right on the fringe of what's now modern-day Bethlehem. And so it was a cave. And so picture it. Here's a staggering thought. That the place where the king of glory, the divine manager, first opened his eyes, where he first uttered his first cry, wasn't a palace. It wasn't the room of a princess. I mean, I mean, think about it. Our Lord's, our Lord's first glimpse of the world as the God-man was a dark and dingy barn. The stench of animals filled his nostrils as, as his ears revealed the sounds of these same animals and the voices of Mary and Joseph and a crew of shepherds coming in to celebrate his birth. Manger scenes certainly display the loving humility of God's gift to the world, but not the reality of Christ being the divine manager of everything, including our very salvation. I want you to try something this Christmas. When you find yourself gathered around a Christmas tree this year, I want you to remember something. Remember that the tree used to bring us salvation, the, the, the tree that was used to bring salvation to each and every one of us wasn't an evergreen, but a cross. If the manger displays the loving humility of God, the cross reveals the loving sacrifice of God as the resurrection, his ultimate power to save us. Unfortunately, too many people, for too many people, the true gift of Christmas is still under the tree. The tree is the cross, the gift is eternal life. And so we've gathered here with a purpose. We've gathered here to celebrate the Christ child who humbly laid in a manger. We've gathered to celebrate the, the marvelous divine manager who offers us the greatest gift exchange of all time. And so I invite you to come. Come to the one born in a manger so that he, Christ, can manage your sin and by his power and love offer you the gift of abundant life found only in him. Isaiah, several hundred years before the birth of Christ, gives us this amazing picture. When, when you think of everything that, the, that you may come up with, that the world may need, what you need, you probably wouldn't think of a child, but that's exactly what Isaiah prophesies. He says, this is what we need. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Come to Jesus. Celebrate Christ, born on that silent light, the, the, the light of the world. I mean, just think about it. The divine manager of the universe, born in a manger. The infinite as an infant. That's the wonder of Christmas. That's the wonder of Christmas. And wherever you find yourself tonight, 
If you've yet to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, I encourage you, receive the greatest Christmas gift of all. Enter into that relationship with him. And if you're sitting here and you've already made that decision, remember the infinite God who became an infant for us. Remember the Christ of the manger is the divine manager who offers us life in him. Wherever we are, let's keep Christmas. Let's celebrate Christ by taking whatever that next step is he's calling us to take with him. Let's pray together. Father God, I I thank you for not sparing your own son, but sending him as the greatest gift for each of us. You offer us an amazing gift exchange. We offer up ourselves, warts and all, and you give us abundant life in Christ. In Jesus, we find love and purpose and acceptance. How generous, how extravagant is your love to offer this to each of us. Spirit of Christ, help us not just receive the gift with wide open hands and hearts, Help us share Christ's love and message with others in the hope that they too will receive the gift of salvation, abundant life found only in you. It's in celebration of Christ we pray. It's it's in the spirit of keeping Christmas that we gather here tonight. And we ask that you would spread your light throughout our homes, throughout our neighborhoods, throughout our region, our nation, and our world. Thank you for coming. The divine manager of the universe, born in a manger. The infinite as an infant. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray and give him the glory. Amen.